0: With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by EmPRISE Bank, your partner in possible.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of 21 Questions, presented by our great friends at McAdoodles. Listen, they've got a store coming soon in Lee Summit. Make sure you check that out. It should be coming up this month. Uh, they're getting really close to an opening. We'll have more details uh, as the time gets closer, but got to check out McAdoodles. Listen, never been there. It's a great experience. It, it is an experience in itself. You have to they'll they give you taste testing uh to make sure you like what you, you were gonna buy before you buy a whole bottle of it. It's a really cool experience. BJ and I did a 21 concussions from the Macadoodles in Osage Beach, which is a beautiful uh, location down there in Osage Beach during the shootout. It was a great time. Lots of people came up, asked us what we were doing, asked us about Macadoodles stuff like that. So uh, it was a great time, and I'm very be glad, very be glad. I'm very glad to be joined uh, by my good pal Jordan Foot. Jordan is the newest member of the KCSN team. Uh, this is actually his second official podcast as a KCSN member. He was on the Royals podcast, the mega episode. Go check that out on the Royals channel, KCSN, Kansas City Royals, wherever you find your podcast. Jordan, how are you doing today, my man?
2: Buddy, I am thrilled to be back. Um, we we chatted on a couple of podcasts over the years. Um, yep. we've, we've been on the same pod a time or two. Um, I'm excited to be back, man. Super thrilled to be aboard at KCSN. And what a better way to jump right in. Obviously the Royals podcast is fun, but
1: 21 questions, man. One of, in my opinion, the best there is. It's a good one. We've got questions from all over the map. Um, Of course, as you expect from 21 questions here, if you don't know, Jordan, and I used to do a podcast together. Roughing the Kicker was a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. We used to do a mailbag, too. So this is like going back to our roots, essentially. Um, uh, No no better way than get Jordan started here than by doing a mailbag-esque type podcast. So let's get started, Jordan, with this first question here. It's from Casey Chris. Uh, good question here. If the defense keeps playing this well, the Spags get a head coach, get get more head coaching opportunities this off season. What do you think? I don't think so. Um, he
2: might get like an interview at some point down the road. It's not like he's old or anything. So it's not that yep. big of a deal where he's not some 75 year old defensive coordinator who has no interest in it. Um, but we don't know if he has interest in it. And if it was this chief's defense with Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens, those guys Maybe he wants to move on with the youth movement though. I don't see why he wouldn't want to stick around and see this through, especially if they're playing well. Um, So I doubt it, not an indictment on Spags. I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: I think it's more personal preference for Spags, right? I think he likes being the defensive coordinator of this team. Um, And you know, he, Rightfully so, Eric mean, He gets a lot of attention when it comes to the head coaching interviews, but uh, Spags does deserve some some attention as well. It seems like we don't really talk about that a whole lot, but he's got that unit uh, working right, and I'm sure the rest of the league is going to take notice. I'm sure he's going to have opportunities, and Reid's never going to block a guy from doing an interview, mm-hmm. um, so that'll be something to watch for whether he takes a job or not. We'll see. It's probably going to be one of those things that's the right place the right situation, everything like that. And especially, um, he is a little bit older. And I mean, I don't think he's older than A. Reed, but he is a little bit older in his career, a little further along. So uh, could be one of those situations uh, like that. Now, uh, Jordan, another question here from Zach's Minerax. Uh, Peter Y. also uh, is what we know him as. Again, with the checkup, how does the rest of the NFL feel about the fact that the Chiefs got younger, cheaper, and better this offseason that they – the other NFL teams went all in to beat them and man can't feel great. You can't imagine that the NFL feels great about that, especially uh, people like to talk about that big Mahomes deal, how it's going to be so cumbersome for the chiefs. they have seen to work around it just fine. They didn't even restructure it this off season and they're just fine um, with, with how they're not only playing on the field, but financially, um, even talked about having a little bit more wiggle room this year than in years past. So I think that, um, the league cannot be too thrilled with how the Chiefs are handling everything.
2: Yeah, no, the league's got to be ticked off. Um, yeah. You're going to have the Chargers paying their young quarterback. You're going to have Buffalo already did. You're going to have Cincy p- paying their guy. You're going to have Baltimore, presumably, paying Lamar Jackson. Um, if not, somebody else is going to, maybe in the AFC. Like, all these teams saw what the Chiefs were doing, saw what the Chiefs did, saw a point of kind of, maybe they're vulnerable a little bit, they still could be. It's only four games into the year. Small sample size. They could obviously make the playoffs and not be that guy, so to speak. But they're three and one through four games. They lost to a team that clearly is very inferior to them. So I'm not trying to say the Chiefs like it didn't matter, but didn't matter a ton in terms of how I feel about them. The Chiefs are still a really good team. They beat the Bucks fairly handily. They still have the Super Bowl ceiling. If the Chiefs get there, and the rest of the AFC doesn't, if Buffalo Like I said earlier today, I tried to put all my, I tried to put an egg in Buffalo's basket and there was no more room. They put all their eggs in it for me. Like, dude, those teams, once the money starts rolling, the chiefs handled it the right way. They had this, uh, what do you want to call it? Soft reset, whatever, not Mm -hmm. a rebuild year. Soft reset still might be a Super Bowl team. So like you said, they can't be too happy about that.
1: Moving on to the next question here. Uh, this is from Zach Easy Content, Phil McGorkin. Hey, I want to also put out here before we uh, before we get go- too far into this, all these questions are coming from our Discord. If you want to be a part of the Discord, if you want to ask us questions for uh, this year' program, subscribe to the KCSN um, Substack. You can find a link to the description in, uh, below in the description of the video or the audio podcast. You can sign up. $30 a month. We'll get you access to the Discord, get you premium articles from Craig, Kent, Maddie. Um, also get you daily updates uh from Charles Goldman and get this part, Jordan. This is a really cool part. I don't know if you I don't know if you know that we do this. Two free tickets for every home game. Um, you can enter it's movie. basically a raffle. Um, okay. you, you're entered for a chance to win two free tickets to home game plus entry into the tickets for less VIP tailgate. Um, so if you are selected as part of a paid subscriber, that's just another perk that you get entered into a, for a chance to win two free tickets to a chiefs game, uh, home game all season long. So that's another perk of just uh, subscribing 30 bucks a month. That's it. That's all it is. Uh, we dropped the price from the, from the year one to $30 a month in year two, a uh, lots of great content access to the Discord, which is probably my favorite part of the whole thing. It's a great community you can talk about. It's like Twitter, but less toxic is what I've seen (laughs) uh, people describe it as. So it's a really good place uh, to go and talk with other like-minded Chiefs fans. Uh, Back to the question, though. Who had the biggest failure of the offseason at this point? I think he's probably talking about other teams around the league, free agency signing stuff like that. Uh, What do you think here, Jordan? This is going to sound bad um, or
2: good, depending on who the audience is. You could take your pick of any AFC West team, I think. The Chargers' defensive additions haven't been paying off. They still aren't good. Um, The Broncos, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett's kind of a hack right now. (laughs) Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. hasn't been good. The Raiders brought in Josh McDaniels. They haven't done anything. Obviously, teams throughout the league have also underperformed. But heading into the year, the division was supposed to be up for grabs. All the teams were going to win 10 games, yada, yada. You could have all four playoff teams, stuff like that. There's one clear playoff caliber opponent and then the rest right now, um, probably bigger ones out there for the sake of the Chiefs podcast. I'll probably go with, take your pick of any of those teams. I
1: was going to say Russell Wilson. He hasn't necessarily looked very good. Um And the, the Raiders, the Raiders, the um, Broncos went from being a quarterback away to being a quarterback away. Um So not a great signing on their part. They traded away, you know, the, the franchise drew lock, um, for Mr. Limited. Or for Mr. Limited, indeed. Man, we could have a whole podcast about how that dude is the most cringiest human being on this planet. Um, and maybe this is the podcast for it, but I don't think we're gonna get into that today.
2: Well, we could have a Drew Locke pod too. I we, we could. could have the combo Broncos pod. Yeah,
1: man. Drew Locke had that starting job until he got COVID.
2: Yeah, he did. Uh yep.
1: he was gonna be the starter of that team. It's worked out for the Seahawks though, because Geno Smith's been absolutely balling. Uh he's been better than Russell Wilson has for for a while, Russell didn't play very well at the end of last year. No. It was typical Russell Wilson fashion where he was an MVP candidate for the first, what is it? Like six weeks. And then the mm-hmm. rest of the weeks, the next 11 weeks, he played garbage. Um, but Gino is playing very well and I'm happy for Gino to, uh, to, <laughs> to get that going for him. Uh, next question here. Here's another, here's a kind of an introspective question from uh, Mike Denny. Quarter of the season is over. Kind of. I mean it's hard with 17 games now. We'll say for the sake of it. Mike, we'll we'll round down. Uh score of the season's over. Time for some self-scouting. What sticks out to you on either side of the ball? Tucker, I want to hear yours first on this. Okay. Um I think the running game's been kind of hit or miss, but I think the Buccaneers game really Encouraged me. That was a really good defensive front that they did that against, and that's mm-hmm. like something that makes me think that maybe this isn't a fluke, right? That maybe them running the ball. Remember when they ran the ball really good against the Bills that one that one game? And Didn't like, Clyde oh, there have
2: there. like three hundred yards
1: or something? It was you would, insane. You would think, yeah, I think it was like one hundred twenty five or something like that. Yeah, it was his career, <laughs> it, it was a career crazy. high or something. No. Yeah. Um And we all thought after that game, we're like, well, this is it. This is where where used to run the ball. I kind of get the same vibes from this game, but this yep. is a way better front uh than what uh the chiefs have gone up against man i don't know why they why the offensive line played so bad against indy i don't i that's so confusing to me because indy's front not very good playing on thursday night against uh two bad teams playing on thursday night um that game is a stinker it, watching the colts play makes me kind of frustrated that the chiefs ever lost to the colts right you're just like what yep. what is this team um, I saw somebody make like a TikTok about like how the NFL is rigged and they're like, the NFL is rigged because of this game right here. And I think that's the most ridiculous thing you could ever say all back going back to my main point now about running the football. I'm encouraged by that. They went to more gap schemes than they did zone schemes. And I think that that's really good for this team. I mean, the lab guys broke that down. Um, You could, you could see a, you could see a huge difference and that's big and on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Jalen Watson, dude,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's, he's, falling out and like he wasn't he wasn't the guy he wasn't the rookie that we were all supposed to be focusing on right it, he was probably the third one in the in that defensive secondary it just he wasn't secondary. even the rookie
2: corner that they were supposed to be like there were two of them ahead of there him were two other were supposed r- to worry about
1: Right. I mean, Brian cook probably got more run. So he's probably like mm-hmm. the fourth guy that we really talked about in the secondary. Be like, Oh yeah. There's also uh there's also Jalen Watson. Cause we talked about Joshua Williams. We talked about Trent McDuffie. Obviously it's crazy to think that this defense doing what this defense is doing without Trent McDuffie, without mm-hmm. their number one pick. We talk about this with rookie class all the time and without their number one pick in the, in the draft. And it's just like, mind blowing. Anyway, I'm excited to see Trent McDuffie back out there. Jalen Watson on the defense has been a nice addition, but that just continues the trend of Brett Veach being able to find corners, being able to find secondary, uh, secondary players in low rounds in undrafted ways. I think he was a what a sixth rounder. I want to say off the top of my head, it might be might have been a seventh rounder. I can't remember. He was a day three pick regardless. Um, Jalen Watson was. And getting him to come on in and contribute, getting to pick six, uh, Bill Barnwell, uh, we talked about this on Outside the trenches today, Bill Barnwell put him in his top three for uh, Defensive mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. And that's crazy to think about. That's not even like one of the rookies that you would anticipate to be on that list.
2: Yeah, I think he was like pick 243. Like he was late, and mm-hmm. semi-late in the seventh round. A guy that the defensive starts, the number one standout for me. Like just being able yeah. to, of all units, people thought the Chiefs were going to have to be brought along slowly, but far much more confidence in the offense figuring it out early on than the defense. Imagine where the chiefs defense would be if it was struggle or where the chiefs would be, if the defense struggled against the chargers or struggled immensely against Tampa, like the offense again, four game sample size, the defense start definitely jumping out to me. Um, I also think the run game I'm with you on that. It seems like the quality can be somewhat consistent there. The quantity is not going to be the volume's not going to be there. The yeah. Chiefs under Andy Reid are never going to be that team that's going to run the ball right. thirty times a game or twenty-five times a game, even or whatever. Um, but the quality of a one-two punch of Clyde Edwards-Laird and Isaiah Pacheco, I think that can exist. The quality of Clyde Edwards-Laird having a good year can exist. I think yeah. the quality of Isaiah Pacheco coming in and running angry and getting the most out of both of them. I think that can exist. Now, the play calling has to be consistent. The line has to stay healthy. If they're running RPOs, Mahomes has to make the right calls, all that stuff. But I do think that early in a season where a lot still has to be figured out, both of those things, I think, stand out in a good way.
1: Absolutely. Looking ahead at this next question here from Grayson Jasper. Assume McColl finishes with his normal 600-ish yards this year, what would his contract look like elsewhere? What would it look like if the Chiefs resign him Man, it's tough. Um, yeah. it, this, this is a tough question. I don't know what his contract would look like. It's obviously going to be dependent of the market. It's going to, you know, because you had like a Christian Kirk guy sign and screw yeah. up the whole market. It could be something like that again where somebody signs and screws up the whole market, so then McCall Hardman is going to raise his price. Not his fault. It's not his fault for wanting more money. when Just the market depends on it. Um, I, I I, don't know if his potential can be maximized in Kansas City. Um, I think that for McCole Hardman's career, personally, I think it would be better if he went elsewhere and tried mm-hmm. to go elsewhere in another system. Not that I'm not saying that I don't like McCole Hardman. I, I think McCole Hardman is a, is a fine football player. I just think his potential could be maximized more in a different system, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I went on Spotrac. track. How do you pronounce it, Tucker? I know I say there's a the right track. way. Probably. I do too. Okay, so yeah. I went on track. They compared him to four players. Do you want to guess the four?
1: Oh, wow. Um,
2: If you get one of them right, I'll be impressed.
1: So four other wide receivers. I'll give you four guesses. Yeah. Okay. Like McCole Hardman.
2: And it takes into account like age, statistical production, like stuff like that. So there's a lot of, it's not a one-to-one comparison.
1: Okay. This is, well, my first thought was it could compare him to Debo, and I think that that's not mm-hmm. fair to Debo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see something like that with a guy with kind of multiple and air quote positions. Um, just got three more. McCole Harmon from the backfield. Um, contract values hand? in
2: there too, if that helps. Are they? So it's no one getting
1: paid a ton. Okay. Nelson Aguilar. Hmm. Close. Nope. Oh for two. <sighs> Um, No one getting paid a ton It's it's a, you said age has to do with it too Right yes yeah no Nicole one's was... like Hashtag old or anything Okay I think you're just gonna have to tell me Yeah right. so Kendrick Bourne
2: Is making three years 15 million bucks Braxton Berrios On a two for 12 Cedric Wilson on a three for 22 And MVS On huh. a three For 30 so they value McCall Hardman at Four years, 33.7 million. So 8.4 on the open market. The high end, I looked at like the wide receiver chart to see who was making what. Russell Gage is on a three for 30. Tim Mm. Patrick is on a three for 30. Zay Jones is a three for 24. So like, I don't think he's getting 12 million bucks per year. I also don't think he gets like six million bucks per year so i don't know if the middle ground there is eight if it's ten if it's nine i think it also depends like you said some team out there probably thinks they can unlock mccall hardman yeah quote unquote and turn him into a thousand yard productive guy every year i don't think the Chiefs are that team so i i kind of differ on that i don't know
1: i could definitely see an eight to ten an eight to ten evaluation for him in apy um what's good for mccall i mean if, if mccall gets that um i'd be happy for him um, yeah, I don't think the chiefs pay that though. Um, yeah. I don't think the chiefs pay uh, eight to 10. All right, let's, uh, let's look at this next question from Grayson Jasper. What mid to late round running back would you uh, compliment Clyde slash Pacheco in this year's draft? Assuming jet doesn't come back. Uh, Brennan McNichol, he responded with say please say deuce font, um, which Fun. Dude's fun is very yeah. fun. Um, I watched him run all over my Missouri Tigers in person. I like him as a running back. Um, running backs wise, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention. Maddie and I do that college show. I don't know if you guys don't know. Maddie and I do a uh, college show where every Saturday we talk about the local games and talk about some of the matchups that we like and the prospects that we like in those games. Um, that's on the KCSNU YouTube channel. You can go check that out at KCSNU, um, wherever you watch your YouTube on youtube um so you can find that there we, we go over that um i really pay attention to the dns and tackles that's usually a lot of the guys that we talk about just because that's probably who the chiefs are going to take in the first round as a d end or a tackle um but jordan do you know any any big running backs i think deuce vaughn's actually a pretty decent one yeah
2: i had three deuce vaughn was one i like travis die from usc he transferred oh, yeah. there um stayed in instead of entering the draft or whatever he had a bunch of reports good contact balance good burst um, breaks a lot of tackles. I think I saw a stat. It was like a PFF thing the other day. He has like 15 missed tackles induced this year. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, Eric Gray from Oklahoma. He is like very, I guess, balanced is the word. But I also think he has a really low ceiling. He doesn't have great top end speed. Um, He would be like literally in the question, a guy to be a compliment, like can do yeah. a little bit of everything. You can trust him to be on the team. He's not going to have to be a practice squad guy. Jet McKinnon is... I believe over 30 now. He might be exactly 30, but he's technically over. Um, I don't think he's back next season. I do think Clyde Edwards-Lair gets one more year. Obviously, on that rookie deal, the Chiefs keep him. I think Isaiah Pacheco starts to potentially be that guy, depending on what he does the rest of the year. Then you bring in another young running back, um, insulate that group. I think one of those two guys would be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I like that too. The only other running back that I really know off the top of my head is Bijan Robinson. I think he's probably mm-hmm. gone before mid rounds. Yeah. Um. But he's probably a, he's not gonna he's not a first round pick. But um. He's probably gone before that that uh, what is it, what is it mid to late round is what Grayson said. Yeah, he's probably gone before that. Um. All right, from C Larson twelve. If McDuffie comes back playing well, do you think Fenton becomes the fourth corner? Or does Spags stay with the veteran over Watson? I'm going to err on the side of Spags. Is probably not going to play a rookie all that much if he doesn't have to. Um, that's kind of where I side on that things. That's yeah. where I would set my expectations. I Do I want him to, to play Watson over Fenton? Yeah, I do. But I'm just going to set my expectations uh, to the fact that Watson might not get as much time. I...
2: I'm a toss-up on it. I genuinely think this might be the year that, like, and it's not like Jalen Watson's been prime Darrell Revis or anything thus right, far yeah. this season, but he's been good, and Rashad Fenton has been noticeably bad at several points this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not going to say that they're going to try to claim that he's still recovering from his injury or whatever or that he's rusty, yada yada. Rashad Fenton's track record is proven. He's been a very solid cornerback for years now. But Watson gives you more size. I think a better athletic profile, a higher ceiling. He's a playmaker. Fenton seems to get grabby and get called for penalties more often than some other cornerbacks. Um, So with all that said, it's Steve Spagnuolo we're talking about. So, I mean, it could be that he defers to Fenton. Um, But I'm going to go. Obviously, McDuffie and Sneed are going to be those top two guys. I'm going to say it's a toss-up for the sake of a fun pod. I'll mm-hmm. say that he sticks with Jalen Watson, but it definitely is not a foregone conclusion because, again,
1: we're talking about specs, Right. I would love I would love to see a bunch of rookies out there, but that's just not how specs works. And you ye... should know that by now. I Unless you draft
2: all know. rookies. Then you don't have a choice.
1: Right. But you he, force he him to play choices. a rookie. Yeah. Unless you don't re-sign uh, Ben Neiman and don't re-sign Dan Sorensen, so he's forced to play Brian Robinson and Leo Chanel. That's weird. That'd be weird if that happened. Um. Anyway, uh, Grayson Jasper's. He asked, "What does a luxurious Sneed extension look like?" Uh, uh I would have to go to Spot Track. Do you have the Spot Track pulled up? Uh, I me- don't.
2: I should have done the valuation. Um, I my logic, and I'm going to steal from Connor Christopherson, my good friend here. Three for forty seems about right, considering you're adding on to the rookie deal. It'd be an early extension. Um, Adoree Jackson's making thirteen million a year, DJ Reed's making eleven million a year, Kendall Fuller's making ten million a year. Ooh. I think he gets double digits for sure. Um, he is. I, I just don't know what the value for a unique big slot blitzing heady young. Important cornerback is. I, I know the Chiefs haven't paid those players historically. They're cornerbacks. They don't shoot. Charveris Warren just walked out and got paid, rightfully so. But at a certain point, if you're not paying anybody else, you might as well pay the guy who's better at what he does in some specific areas than any other cornerback in the NFL. So I'm going to say three for 40. That's just a ballpark. Um, I don't think he, he breaks the bank or anything, but about like 12, 13 million a year sounds about right for me.
1: Yeah, I'd be pretty close to that. I'm not. I'm not as good as uh, at n- navigating a spot track as I thought I was. So um, I'm still trying to figure that evaluation out, or the kind of uh, where he would be at. But he's he's really earned himself. He's really he's really played himself into the top corner in this league. He's made himself into a, a very a very guy a guy that'd be that'll probably be highly regarded going into his contract here, huh. right? Um, uh, what do you got? He doesn't have a
2: valuation. I, I guess that must be for contract year guys, which I guess is fair because be, he's yeah. still young, um, but he doesn't have one. So it's not a Tucker problem at all.
1: Cause I thought, I thought it just shows up like on his
2: main page. Like when you click. Yeah. On. Th- it's That's like one I of those thought. tabs yeah. and Hartman had it. And I was like, where the hell is Snead? And then I expanded and still not there. So maybe next year he'll have one Probably. of those and it'll say, you know, 30 million or whatever. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> But yeah, what I think, Maddie, Maddie Lane brought this point up on the, the lab. I think it was on Monday where he said like, this question is going to, this is going to sound dumb, but you take the coverage ability out of it. Jerry seeds like a, a top corner in the game because of it's, like everything else that he does. Um, yeah. And he's also pretty good at coverage. So like, that's another thing too, is like, he's pretty good at the coverage part of it, but he can also tackle really well. He can blitz really well. He can tackle in space really well. So like, there's a lot of the, good things that the does. He's probably, he can play himself into a, uh, into a good spot there, uh, oh. for a contract. Hey, sorry to interrupt today's podcast, but I have to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. First one being liquid death. You've heard us talk about this company all the time here on Kansas City sports network here at KCSN, we love liquid death. And it, when I'm looking through the bottled water section of my local store, And I say, oh, what are those strange tall boys up there? I know it's liquid death. And you might look at it and be like, wait, what is that up there? Kind of rad looking cans. It's liquid death. And it's spring water from the Alps, it's not beer, and it is called Liquid Death. Yeah, that name jumps off the can, it, the, the can design, everything. I would show you a can, but I don't have one, because I've drank all of them. I've drank everything that they've given me at Liquid Death, because it's so delicious, because it absolutely murders your thirst. That's why it's called Liquid Death, it murders your thirst. And not only does it murder your thirst, but it brings death to plastic bottles. I hate plastic pollution, you hate plastic pollution, Their infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans help bring death to that as well, that pollution. And they donate 10% of their profits to uh, help kill plastic pollution, another good thing about the folks over at Liquid Death. And let me tell you, they've got, uh, I believe, four different flavors that you can get. Uh no five if you talk about their uh, flavored sparkling waters they've got a berry they've got a mango they've got a lime all of them are very good as a guy who drinks sparkling water myself love the liquid death versions of them make sure you go check those out they have just a still spark a still water which is the water from the Alps kind of weird to be drinking out of a can but it feels good to be drinking out of a can because you're doing you're doing good for the environment and they also have just a regular sparkling water if you want to add it to your Add it to your uh, mixed drinks, maybe. Have it be a little bit of a, of a beverage mixer you could have there with your liquid death. But they've got all kinds of things, and you can go find it at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven Roundies, or hy V. Or here's what you can do. You can go and find a Liquid Death retailer near you using uh, code KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Go to that website. Find a Liquid Death retailer near you. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. All right. I've also got to tell you about our friends at Trade Coffee. Trade is another one of those companies that we've been talking to you about a lot. Here at Kansas City Sports Network. And if you know me, if you're anything like me, I don't drink coffee a whole lot. I got a sensitive stomach. But when I do drink coffee, I want it to be the best quality coffee out there. I want it to be the best of the best. And, you know, I I couldn't tell you exactly what makes a good cup of coffee. But the folks of Trade Trade Coffee do know what makes a good cup of coffee, and they give me good cups of coffee every single time. I can't I can't deny. It. I mean, they're they're great. They're great at what they do. And, and so, let me tell you about Trade Coffee. If you've been listening, you know about Trade. It's a coffee subscription service, unlike anything you've tried before, because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in country in the country directly to your home on a preferred schedule. Their team of experts do the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the United States every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. Here's the really cool thing. We at KCSN have a collection. So the coffee I get from Trade is so good, I can't believe, you know, how well they picked it for me. And if you kind of want the same taste that I've got, or you want to know what we're getting, you can go to Trade Coffee dot com slash KCSN go check out our own custom collection that we have right there go check it up if it's not up your alley don't worry about it because trade will have you know will have whatever you want you can take a quiz this is one of my favorite things you can take a quiz they personalize the coffee just for you you go by roast however you uh, prepare your coffee how you like to take your coffee and their coffee profile quiz will get you expertly matched with coffees that you will Love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best and fresh tasting coffee delivered to you fresh when you need it. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try trade coffee right now. Trade is offering our listeners a total of thirty dollars off their first home order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash kcsn. That's drinktrade.com slash kcsn for thirty dollars off your subscription to the best coffee in the country. Now let's get back to today's show. So uh, let's move on to Zach, uh, easy content, Foma Gorkin. This is where we kind of get off the rails here. Getting a little, getting a little off the rails. We had, we gave you 25 minutes of serious chiefs podcasting. Let's get a little, let's get a little loose. We'll get some more chiefs questions in here, but we're going to get a little loose here. Jordan, Uh, top seven specific ingredients for the best burrito.
2: Buddy. I, I don't know. Really? Like I don't, we're not talking breakfast burrito. We're not talking like we didn't specify. So I'm just going to go with my Chipotle order and I have seven ingredients. I'm going to go, obviously excluding the tortilla. That that's a given brown rice, pinto beans, chicken, mild salsa, corn, salsa, shredded cheese. Oh, take out lettuce. I was going to say lettuce, but I want sour cream in there too. So I'd take out lettuce and put in sour cream. And I think that'd be a pretty good burrito.
1: Trying to think what my order is. I put way too many. I take more than seven ingredients. Uh I go rice, double the steak at Chipotle. This is my okay, this, is what this is turn it to yeah. Karloftus does triple steak. <laughs> triple steak, yeah. Dropped an F bomb. Sorry, Jordan, you have to edit that out. Uh, I'll show you how to do that later. Uh triple the steak, and he does double the rice, I'm pretty sure too. Um insane order from George Karloftis. Uh then I go with the black beans. I go uh I like is it the mild salsa? Is that what it is? That's but I just like the pico. Yeah, and that's what it is. It. Yeah, 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 okay. That's what I thought it was. I like the pico. So that's four ingredients. The fifth ingredient would I gotta I gotta have guac and I gotta have cheese. Like those that that's five guac. and six. Um guac's guacet or miss for people. i a little bit. Yeah.
2: It's like you either love avocado or you absolutely hate it. And mm-hmm. I just uh, I'm in the the latter camp.
1: Oh, I go corn, and yep. then go corn. and then I think lettuce as well. So that's yep. eight. Wait, that's wait. Don't take it. Take away lettuce. Just corn. This last one. Yep. That's my chipotle order, which is turns into the burrito ingredients. Thank you, Zach, for that question. Um, Adam Harney, if you had to pick between Clyde and McColl, whose option more is more likely to get picked up? Jordan, first first reaction, and then I'll let you then I'll let you explain after I say mine.
2: Yeah, first reaction, Hardman doesn't have one um, because he's a second-round pick. So I, I thought about it at first, and then once you said it, I was like, wait a second. Hardman wasn't – like, the Chiefs maybe over overdrafted. Just a little bit, but um, he I don't think he has an option. It would be Clyde and definitely – I don't even know what that number would be, but because he hasn't lived up to the hype of a first-round pick, um, you can't pick up either of those. Even if Hardman was a first-round pick, I definitely wouldn't pick up either of them, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I pick up Clyde. Um really? Yeah, I think I think you pick it up just because of just for fun. You buy yourself you buy yourself an extra year. What um, do you think
2: that is? To we get we it, can keep talking. To I'm gonna really look like. up what the option is.
1: I was trying I was trying to do it at the same time as I was talking. Um yeah, I don't know. Um what is it? I don't even know what he's at right now. I'm not very good with contract stuff, admittedly. Um, all right, fifth year option tracker. Um
2: here we go, projections. So we're getting warmer here, of course, a live lookup um there are no running backs off this list oh Clyde Edwards lair they said the basic one would be five billion dollars 5.5 5 million he's not going to make a pro bowl um so yeah it'd be 5.5 5.
1: yeah whatever i buys you another year to find a running back it's not as bad another as I thought that, that's yeah. really not terrible Yeah, uh, not a lot of one of my favorite stats is like running backs miss an average of like two and a half games a season. Um, and like running backs are pretty interchangeable, just how how good your offensive line is. So it doesn't matter where you draft them or where you pick them or where you get them from. If you got a good move, I mean, you saw Isaiah Pacheco, that's a seven round pick, uh, doing being a dog on a run in the football. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think you pick it up to try to maybe buy yourself another year, but after that, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe another team wants to buy him. Maybe another team wants to sign Isaiah or not Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Clyde Edwards-Laird. Um all right, this one is from Zach again. Oh, yeah, Zach said McCall doesn't have one. Um, uh, I don't <laughs> Good job, Zach. Thanks, Zach. I uh, should have read that before we went on that whole podcast answer. Uh, David Borland, this question may be better, deeper into the year. Every year, KC seems to sign a former high pick that was out of football due to injury or other reason. Dorsey even did this before. Beach. So far, I don't think any have paid off, but, the strat- but I like the strategy, low risk, high reward possibilities. Who might you sign in this category? I've seen some people throw out some names. Jordan, do you have any off the top of your head?
2: Buddy, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I even looked at this question, and I was like, I don't know. It's just hard to keep track of who's out of the league. And, like, the natural answer, regardless of where he was drafted, I don't really remember, would be Antonio Brown. And, like, the the Chiefs are not. Neither are we picking up Antonio Brown, nor are the Chiefs picking up Antonio Brown. So, I mean, that is kind of there. Um, You could cheat and say, like, odell i guess because he's been out of the league since february (laughs) but it's an injury thing and he'll be back um here in a little bit so i don't know man it's kind of tough like those guys usually you would think aren't worth investing in i I hate to say it but for one reason or another um it's like wasn't kelvin benjamin one of those guys and he had like one catch against the chargers on thursday night football and they lost um and then yeah I, i don't really have anybody in mind i
1: was trying to find uh I don't remember where Andy Isabella was drafted at, but I know a lot of people in Kansas City mm, like Andy certainly. Isabella. He was. I'm Googling it right now. Uh, I, I couldn't remember his name. He was in the 20, second round. So he's the second rounder in the 2019 draft out of UMass at Amherst. Great school. Um, but I, So I went to the Cardinals transaction report. Do you know who else they signed uh, to their practice squad uh, this week?
2: Give me a hint. Is it another whiteout?
1: He used to be on the Chiefs and uh, he used to be on the Chiefs very recently. Hmm, not Matt He's Amendola, small. it is Matt a. Amendola, That's really. Exactly I mean, it is. Yeah, they signed some. The Arizona Cardinals saw him and said, Yeah, we want to give him a shot. Um, good for Matt Amendola,
2: good for him. Small sample size, you know, he, he could be good. He won the he had another small sample size where he was, you know, prime Justin Tucker and then he turned into uh, Lynn Elliott. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, in that Chargers game, we thought he was the second coming, um, which so not all takes are good takes. Let's be fair here. If the Chiefs <laughs> do win a Super Bowl, though, he might get a ring. I think he. That's uh, a good
2: one. Not all I takes are think...
1: good takes. <laughs> It is true. Uh, If I could say so myself. Okay. Next question here. This one's from Andy Nagel. Haven't seen much of Turk this season. Is he not getting time or is he just not making plays? The little, I have noticed him. Has not been great? What I think is really interesting about Turk. I think it says a little bit more about this defensive line and the versatility that like Mike Dana has of playing on the inside. Um, Chris Jones is obviously a stud. Colin Saunders has been playing a whole lot better this year. Uh, They've got some dudes. Derek Naughty, obviously. They've got some dudes on the inside. Uh, but you want to see Turk in those pass rushing downs, those pass rushing situations. And I'm look trying to look up his uh, pro football reference page real quick to kind of f- see his snap counts because, like, Andy, you're right, dude. Like, I can't remember seeing Turk a whole lot on the field. Jordan, do you, do you recall any, like, snaps from Turk this year?
2: I'm going to read these off, and you're not going to believe them. Defensively he has played 51%, 43%, 54%, 66%. I knew he played a lot against Tampa because they were spending a lot of time in their pass rush and pass defending sub packages. But to say that he has played that much this season, this is a guy that he's played 48% of the snaps in 2020, 45 last year, and 53 this year. So he is the most like over- I don't want to say overutilized but like compared to expectations or like memory that is a a cluster in your mind right because i would guess he played 25 percent, like a colin saunders type number
1: he's played half the snaps this year i'm very befuddled by that i'm looking at these numbers in front of me right now Derek um, naddy's been healthy like Derek naddy has not disappeared or anything all right 51 43 54 yeah. 66. I'm I'm That's looking wild. up I'm trying to live look this up right now too Jordan what did the did the pro move of like reading ahead and preparing for this podcast and I just kind of you know go, go I just go with it I just gotta I to just, make
2: a good first impression right
1: right fair I I've, I I want to give you guys my gut reactions you get my you get my reactions to to everything that we got I'm, I'm trying to see here who's played the most defensive snap percentage like on the defensive line Carl is 74 this year if you would have asked me that mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't have got that number i think that's pretty high frank clark at 69 chris jones at 77 but other than that i mean tershawn horton's number four on the defensive line Good um grief Nick Bolden playing 93% of the snaps. Oh, my word. He's a trooper. (laughs) That is is. a trooper. Rashad Finn, 91%. Shout out. Legereous need for 97. Uh, Yeah, dude, I would not have guessed that. I hope, Andy, Mm -hmm. that you are as shocked as I am. Uh, Assuming by your question uh, that you are going to be as shocked as I am. Because if you would have told me that he's played the third most snaps, let's just see numbers-wise on the defensive line. Yeah, third most behind. Well, Chris Jones has played, uh, two thirteen. George Koffis is two oh five. Frank Clark one ninety one, and then Terrell So he's fourth, um, which I guess makes sense. This has he started every game this year? Mm-hmm. I gotta look that up now too. Did he? Does this? Does uh, Pro Football Reference take nope. account of starts? No, no he, he has yeah. started two games in his whole career. So, it di- hasn't started, but it's had this high percentage. But he's in. <laughs> We've gone down a, uh, f- ters- I did it again, Jordan, my bad. We've gone down a Tershawn Warden rabbit hole. Um, I did not think that we were going to go down uh, today, which, fine, this is what you get when you sign up for 21 questions. Uh, Trent Millsap, here we go, if blank was an Olympic sport, you'd win a gold medal, what goes in blank for each of you? Probably for me, easy chugging seltzers. Uh, I'd win a gold medal in seltzer chugging.
2: Being bad at sports betting. Um, we were oh, yeah. which so far, Can't we were I... talking before I came on. Um, I am 14 and 54 all time so far, um, which <sighs> a shows that I've placed quite a few bets in my short time here. Um, and also, Haven't gone very well, man. And like, I try these parlays because I see them on Twitter. I want to hit big. I want to get the million bucks or the hundred thousand bucks or the the 1000 bucks or any of that. I've gotten negative bucks now that my promo credits are up and all my $5 bets have effectively missed. Haven't been spending as much of my own money for sure. Um, But I think so far I would get like easy gold medal in being bad at sports betting.
1: Trying to see what my what my record. I have a spreadsheet that I keep all of my uh, my gambling active. Uh, I was on a I was on an incredible cold streak. I think I was I was telling you Jordan it was like one for the last fifteen or something like that. That's just um, a common week for me, it, Tucker. <laughs> um, I've placed a total of let's see, fifty five plus forty five, a hundred. Oh, even That's hundred, no, hundred and two, because I did two MLB bets that I missed. Both of them, I think, were Aaron Judge, uh, home run bets. Um, yeah. So it looks like that I'm and the on NFL I'm seventeen for thirty eight. NFL's tough. I struggle with NFL. Uh, NCAA I'm twenty one for twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, pushed. I pushed one on the NCAA. Uh, that one push was the Arkansas game plus two. Missed a field goal to win it. I would have got that win, but. Yeah, I was. I was. My return rate was not like 58% pretty early on. Um, I say early on, but there were a lot of bets that went into that. I was probably about midway through, but I probably was 50 bets in and, and had like a 58% return rate, but hit that cold streak, brought me down a little bit. But um, yeah, let's see here. I gotta get back to, on track. <laughs> Mike Denny, if you add your ages together, are you older than Tom Brady? Not by a lot, dude. You're twenty-five. Twenty-four. I'm twenty three, so we're two years older than Tom Brady. That's kind of kind of wild. I thought I didn't think it was gonna be close. Somebody dude. asked me the other day how old Tom Brady was. And I was like, he's like 40. And they're like, no, dude, he's like 45. Dude's 45. Dude's forty five. And I was yeah. like, wait a second, where did this time go? And he's um, still top
2: ten, like clearly top ten. It, yeah. It's it's insane
1: best quarterback to ever play. I don't even know if I don't. Even know if, I, if, I if, hate to say there.
2: it. Common Tucker dub that that is the
1: truth. <laughs> There's not a debate there. I mean, he's won more. He's won more Super Bowls than any single franchise has. Yeah, it's insane. Um, OK, sorry. That's enough about Tom Brady. We don't need to talk about him anymore. Uh. Fish. I like Jerry McKinnon a lot, but it seems to me that Clyde and Pacheco's running styles are better for goal line carries. What are your thoughts about McKinnon getting some of the goal line carries in the box game? What I like about Jerry McKinnon Triple option quarterback at Georgia Southern. Um, We saw him come into the game and run that little wildcat set. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if he tried to throw the ball one time. I think this is Andy Reid maybe scheming some stuff up. So uh, I like him in the red zone for that ability. Of it. Um, but I do I do like Jet on this team because of his pass blocking ability, because of what he adds to the to the running back room. He's a very complimentary back to the guys like uh Clyde, like Pacheco. Um, so I, I don't know necessarily he's he's not a goal line back, but like he he does definitely have a very solid and very reliable role on this team. Yeah, no, 100%
2: to everything you said. He he shouldn't be getting goal line carries. I don't think Pacheco's bigger stronger faster and i think has better contact balance from what i've seen limited in college and in the nfl edwards lair that was one of his main calling cards coming out of college he's had a couple goal line carries where the success rate hasn't been great but when he hits he hits um so i think the highlight of jarek mckinnon near the goal line was juju blocking somebody into him and him like yeah. flipping over um jarek mckinnon doesn't need to be getting goal line carries but Does he need to be completely phased out of the game plan? I don't think so. He's a good pass catcher. He has a little bit of burst still. Um, He's a good pass protector. He knows the offense, it seems. So there's nothing to dislike about Jarek McKinnon himself. The usage and utilization of him is kind of, I think,
1: something you can bring up for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Zach's Menorak's favorite integer between 68 and 70. Got to be 69. Um, It's a nice answer. It's a, it's a good, nice, nice and good answer. Joel Penfield, what percent of Fenton's snaps get cut when McDuffie comes back? Kind of talked about this a little bit already, but this is more of a percentage number. Jordan, what's your gut reaction? I I just,
2: how often so many factories go into that, right? Like if they're behind, they're going to be having more guys out there. And how long is it going to take with Watson? Does he trust Watson? He meaning Spags. It's going to get cut into like, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to get phased out. Like he's going to play, but... I don't know, Tucker, if I had to put a, what would you put a range to it? Like put, I'll give you a 10% range that you can
1: use. And then I'll see if I agree or disagree. So the question, what percent of fitness snaps get cut? So the percentage of, I would say about, I, I, my gut reaction was 12 Twenty three percent of his snaps.
2: Game. I was gonna say like sixty five to seventy is like total because
1: he's at what ninety one. He said yeah, he's at a lot right now. I still have that tab pulled up, thankfully. Ninety one percent. That is woof. That is a lot of snaps for Rashad fenn Two fifty one um, when it comes to that on the field. So yeah, I'd say I'd probably say that he gets cut about twenty percent. But that's like the optimistic side of me saying like yeah. twenty to twenty five. Well, and
2: that's also like it comes down to the answer to do you think Spags is going to play Watson over him? Because if Spags <laughs> yeah. is going to play Watson over him, the number is bigger. So yeah. I guess I need to take the over on that. Like, I, I just don't know. That is a very, very, again, I did kind of screen questions before we came on. That was the one I literally was like, this is tough because like you're trying to get in Spags' head. And that's one of the most yeah. difficult things to do because you just don't know what that guy's thinking sometimes. It's very true.
1: Uh, this is is from Owen HT one hundred and one. Uh, what does Jordan like doing more, trolling fools on Twitter or Matthew Stafford? Like doing I, Matthew Stafford.
2: I, I like Matt Stafford a lot, man. I, I'm kind of fed up with him right now because um, he's obviously playing poorly. But again, the offensive line's so banged up, and McVay hasn't called good plays, and Alan Robinson might be a little bit washed up. Um, I still love Matt Stafford, but there's nothing better than getting on Twitter and having a good time. Like, my pinned tweet is that meme of... It's not even LeBron actually saying that. It's just a meme of it. Um, at the end of the day, it's just Twitter. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, we're, we're there to have a good time. I'm there to have a good time. Usually it's with people. Sometimes it's at people um, at their expense. We all like memes. We all like trolling. Um, I, I don't like to use the word trolling as, like, a, a thing I'm trying to do. But um, have fun and clown... Definitely clowning on Twitter is one of my favorite things to do. So I think I love Matt, but I love clowning a little
1: bit more. I think uh, the one time that I realized that I was actually like trolling is like uh, we were we was tweeting something about Chiefs game, probably. And PJ's is like, why did you tweet that? And I was like, I just want to see how people react to it. And he's like, that's yeah. literally the definition of trolling. Like that's the saying, bear. So saying, fun. saying something to see how people react to it is trolling. Um, and I was like, whoa, yeah, no, I, I, you're right. That's exactly, uh, but I do that sometimes. A lot of things I say on Twitter are very facetious, except my gambling tips. Those are 100% serious. Make sure to go follow me on Twitter at Socrates Franklin. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Footnoted. I have to sneak that one in there real Mm. quick. Uh, Isaac Hugh, if you could change the outcome of one play from the season so far, what would it be, Jordan? I need time to think. I'm giving it to you. You're on the spot. Uh, first, first thought, um, the Mahomes, oh, wait, which which interception am I thinking of? Um, the Mahomes interception. I think they won that game. I think it was against the Chargers. Maybe did he have an interception against the Chargers? Mm, I don't. He has think. two this year, doesn't he?
2: Yeah.
1: One he of them two. is the one
2: against Tampa, where it was just a stupid throw, right?
1: That I think that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, uh, and not, then the other maybe one the NB was... one. I know the endy one at the end of the game. Um, No, actually, psych. I I take that back. I was too Patrick Mahomes focused in my uh, thinking of plays to take back. It would be the Chris Jones. It'd be the Chris Jones uh, flag because I guess you could take that Mm. back. I'm saying you can. I want the result of the play to stay the same, but then I just want Chris Jones to walk the other way.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. I think I'm gonna have to tail that and say that it's the same pick because, like, it's not a foregone conclusion. That the Chiefs would have won that yeah, game. Still
1: five minutes left in that game, yeah.
2: Still five minutes left. But I would have liked to see what would have happened had that not been the leading contributor in them coming back. Or one of the leading contributors in them coming back.
1: For sure. For sure. I think Nick Bolton made a really good point after the game. Like, saying like hey, if we're a good defense, we get off the field there. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think that, like, he, he made a really good point there. I was like, Nick, my guy. You've always Never been doubt. a fan. You've Never always been Nick
2: supporting Bolden. Nick Bolton since the beginning.
1: Every, every day. I'm a day one, day one fan of Nick <laughs> No one ever knows. Uh, everyone knows that I'm a day one fan of Nick Bolton. I have his signed jersey behind me. Um, anyway, Mike Denny, another question from him. What seltzer do you guys have the biggest difference of opinion on? Oh, this is. Mm.
2: I am not sure I've ever tried one, to be honest with you.
1: Well, you did have one seltzer review with me before. Uh, oh, we it, was the, uh, it was the cranberry. It sucked. Was, was it? Was it a Bud Light Party Pack one? the bud like cranberries what they had in the okay. box or the and i didn't like it so it's game yeah it was bad
2: that was the first and only i believe that i've had so i really? would go, i i no i'd take that back i had the topo chico mm, line or something like one this. time and i hated it so that oh, would have to just- be um the one we disagree on. i had that at the
1: big 12 tournament and i absolutely couldn't stand it um so that would be it yeah, Topo Chico, I enjoy them. Mike Denny, I know he's a big Topo Chico fan. He's the one that recommended them to me for the reviews. So, yeah, Be great. This one is from Positive Toasty. What is the GOAT Nintendo game? This will show my age right here. Like, you guys already know that, like, Jordan and I, we're young guys. We're, we're yeah. the youngins here at KC Sports Network. Um, I really like the Mario baseball game that they had on the week. Okay. Um. I know that that's, like, not, like, Mario 64 or whatever, and you can get upset at me for that, but, like, that Mario baseball game slapped.
2: NFL quarterback club 90. No, 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 no. Never mind, never mind. NBA hang time. That was so freaking fun on the N64. I used to absolutely dog my little brother on that game. Um, I got an N64 when I was, like, five, I think. Then I got a PS2. I didn't get a PS1 at all. Yeah. Jumped to PS2 when I was eight, Xbox 360 didn't get Xbox Original, then the OGs went PS2, 360, PS4. I think um, I now have an Xbox One. So
1: wait um, NBA Hang Time. Let's see. I went from I went I went I think I had a GameCube when I was like really Ooh, little. Ooh,
2: that's a veteran. I had a DS in there too somewhere.
1: Yeah, I had a DS. I had a Game Boy 2, One of the sure. little, uh, but like just console wise, I had a I had a GameCube, I'm pretty sure. Then we went PS One, PS Two. Um, didn't didn't get the PS Three. I went from PS Two, I think, to Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and then a Three Hundred and Sixty to the PS Four, and PS Four. To I have an Xbox One Series X. I think is what it is. That's uh, what I yeah. what I have now, and gonna play some. I like PJ tour on that game. That game, mm-hmm. that game's fun. Tough to read the greens, but it's um, so hard. Tough to read the greens in real life. So I like, the, I like the challenge. Um, yeah, that's what, what I play right now. And are you, are you the oldest kid in your family? Yes, I am. Oldest of four okay. or oldest. Okay. To, I'm counting myself four. sure. So yeah. Um,
2: me and my brother, James, he's 16 months, 15 months. Like we're fairly close, um, okay. but just enough to where I'm the, clearly the big bro around here. Um, it, I would <laughs> I didn't need to share this story But I would play him like Madden or 2k Any game on any console I'd get out to a huge Huge, huge, huge lead I'd let him come all the way back And then I'd beat him on the final play just to piss him off Because I knew I could do it It, it was just yeah. absolute torture, he would cry I'd get in trouble um, right. But it was well worth it Because you know competitive prick
1: does competitive mm. prick stuff And I always won It's true all right, let's end on this one, Jordan. We're going to end on a Chiefs question. Uh, this is from Jackie. Is Raiders week going to be when Karloftis gets his first sack? I'm doing it. I'm playing the flag. Yes, it is. Go ahead. Head to your DraftKings Sportsbook. Go to the uh, the player props on the defensive special teams. Go find George Karloftis over .75 sacks. Hammer that sucker, hammer George Karloftis. He's getting a sack this week. It's going to be a bloodbath. The Chiefs are going to be all over Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not going to be able to throw the ball. It's going to be ugly for the Raiders' offense. George Karloftis starts starts his his defensive rookie of the year claim right here this week in Arrowhead against the Raiders when the lights are bright on Monday Night Football. Done. Hammer it.
2: I think it's possible. Man, he's come close, dude. Like, he's gotten really, really close. Um, He's had one heck of a start. I know that pressure rate has to turn into sacks at some point. Like, I totally get it. I understand. Karloftis has been close. And if there's one thing we know him to have, it's a really good motor. And it's really good will to get it done. What better way to do that than against, like, a spaz quarterback when he gets under pressure? And Derek Carr, like, Carr's going to hold on to the ball. He's going to try to make stuff happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think George Karloftis gets that first career sack. That may not be the story for the Chiefs defense, but it's going to be the story for rookies for the Chiefs defense in week five.
1: Absolutely, Jordan. I appreciate you hopping on uh, this episode of 21 Questions. Go give Jordan a follow on Twitter at Footnoted. Uh, it's foot with an E. Uh, it goes off his last name. Get it. It's uh, it's a play on words. Uh, go follow him on Twitter at footnoted. Follow me on Twitter at Tucker D Franklin. Lots of stuff coming for you on KC Sports Network. We'll be live after the game breaking it all down for you. BJ Kissel, Kent Swanson and Maddie Lane will break the game down after a Chiefs victory. I'm going to say it, after a Chiefs victory. It's going to be a fun time after the show. So for Jordan, I'm Tucker Franklin. We will catch you guys next week. Thank you to Macadoodles for sponsoring this fine program here. Make sure you go to check them out once they get into the Kansas City area. They got a they got a store opening in Jeff City soon, too. Um, so if you're in that area, you're in luck. You got Macadoodles coming to you. So until next week, we'll talk to you then.